Welcome back to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services. A leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio, our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online at DonahueAccountingService.com. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I'm Neil Meyer with the front office news. And I'm JT Smith, editor-in-chief of the front office news. All right, fellas, we are back for another episode. Let's jump right into it. The Bearcats are currently 16-11 and 11 after losing to TCU, 75-57. to 57. JT, you ready? Thoughts yeah. on the performance, man. It got delete the tape. <laughs> <laughs> delete the tape. <laughs> it got delete the tape. <laughs> Whoa, man! It started off bad. They, you know, TCU came out on an eight-zero run. Then the Bearcats answered. Looked like they was back in the building. I think they're only down with five at the half, right? Sound yeah, about five right. at the half. Five at the half. And then second half, dog. I don't I don't even know what to call it, man. I don't even know what happened. I can't even describe it. It was just bad. Like TCU was doing they couldn't get a stop to save their lives. TCU was getting the shots they wanted. And if they did play good defense, they were still making it. Yeah. That dude Tennyson was kill I don't even know what he finished with, but Tennyson was killing. It was just it was just it was bad. It was a rough game, man. They got to burn the tape and hope. Because, I mean, right now, look, I mean, tournament hopes are looking very, very dim. They got to win some games. People don't expect them to win if it's, if it's going to turn around. Because uh, TCU, they, they took them to the shed, especially in the second half. Yeah, JT, a couple fans I know that I talked to God yesterday were telling me they felt like this Bearcat basketball team gave up during that game. Did you feel that way? Yeah, man, it's – that's – I heard – I've seen that too. And I, I kind of was like, I don't know, man. I, have, I haven't seen them lose the way they lost on Saturday. So, I mean, I guess people would think that because the Bearcats, I mean, they went to Kansas. They fought. When they thought they were, when they thought they were going to get smacked, they didn't. Um, they've been in multiple places. And held their end of the bargain. I don't know if it's a if it's a hangover from blowing that Oklahoma State game, but they didn't look like themselves. Like this, the, I'm a fight to the end team. That last 20 minutes, yeah, uh, and that's that's not good. You about to go into Houston, um, who's even better than TCU at their place. So um, I don't know, man. I'm, I was I I was shocked at what I saw. I mean, even if I, I thought they would lose, possibly it was real possible they would lose. I didn't think they would get just handled like they did. So that that shock shocked me. They every time, no matter what, they always answered the bell. They always been super competitive um, until that game. They had the 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 highest loss was by nine points in the Big Twelve, Man. and TCU doubled that up. Which isn't what uh, Bearcat fans want. So, I don't and, know. And, 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 of all of all teams, you would think that 
TCU would be the team that beats us by the most amount of points of all the teams we played in the conference. You you think that maybe that would be at Kansas or you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. I thought I thought TCU had the capability to beat them by like low double digits if it got, you know, if it got out of hand late, but I didn't think they would damn, you know, damn near 20 ball them, you know. So um it was interesting. And they've been in some hostile environments and it's no slight to TCU. Um, I didn't expect them to get handled like that, especially coming off that loss. I thought they would at least grind it out. And if they did lose, it's five, four, you know, six points, something like that. I didn't expect the 18 piece to uh, happen in Texas. Yeah. Neil, your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, obviously it was a rough, a rough day for West Miller and the Bearcats on Saturday, but Overall, I mean, I think they really weathered the storm early. JT mentioned the 8-0 run to start the game. I mean, UC responds with the big run. They take a 23-20 to lead. And then right after that, I think TCU threw that that punch to the stomach, and it was that 14-3 to run. And I think after that run, they could just never fight back from there. That run was something that was the gut punch early, and it ultimately was the, the, the deciding factor. I mean – you look down, it was a five-point game at the half, and then the second half opens up, and then TCU just opens the floodgates and puts it on, puts on a 18-point victory down in Fort Worth. I thought it was probably one of the worst losses of the season. I mean, we talked about the West Virginia, the Oklahoma State loss. I think this one holds a little bit more weight, to be all honest about it, just because of the situation. They knew they had to get a win to keep the potential at-large chances of winning or an at-large bid hopes still in their favor heading into the NCAA tournament in the final two weeks. But ultimately they didn't get it done. Uh, I thought Emmanuel Miller was probably the best player on the court. Uh, First matchup he had, I think he was just five for 14 from the field. If I remember right, this one, he's five for eight finishes with 18.6 rebounds and six assists. So, Overall, on five of eight shooting, if he's putting up 18, that's a very productive night, especially at that clip. And this was a matchup. I mean, John Newman gave Emmanuel Miller fits in the first first matchup. John Newman only played 20 minutes in this one. So maybe that kind of Wes Miller saw something there or the matchup was just giving him too much problems. But still a lot to take away. Victor Locken played 15 minutes, the most minutes he's played in two and a half weeks. So that was a great sign to see Victor Locken kind of getting back into the swing of things after – not playing versus uh, Oklahoma State or the game prior to that or UCF. So that is that was definitely a sign in the right direction. But the Bearcats got out-rebounded yet again uh, to a smaller TCU team, especially without their – TCU is without their big Ernst Uda. And to still get out-rebounded, I thought that was something that we talked about just couldn't happen going into this one. But it seemed like everything that went wrong went wrong on Saturday down in Fort Worth, to say the least. Now, Neil, do you think this is with, with two losses in a row like this? Um, do you think this team is down in the dumps now? Do you think their mentality they're going to fold? Because if we look historically, this team has you know kind of bounced back. They they found a way to bounce back, and especially against teams you didn't think they were going to bounce back again. But Houston is a different animal. So what what do you how do you think these Bearcats will respond after two games like this? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, there's one of two ways they could respond. I mean, 
it's not every night you have the opportunity to go in versus the number one team in the country. And they know the physicality and what Houston brings, but a win at Houston could be something that flips the whole momentum of the season. Could change it. If you get a win at Houston, who's 15-0 at home, this could be one of those wins where you build momentum off of it, you finish out the regular season strong, and say they put a spring, a string of games together where they win four in a row to end regular season play starting here tomorrow night. That's something that could be something that is a difference maker in this season. It could be that way to flip the script and get them to the tournament. So I don't think they're down in the dumps. I think there's still a lot of positive things, but it comes out to how they respond tomorrow. If they come out and respond versus Houston and not get down to a 19 to four run like they did in the first time, because you take out that 19 to four run in the first matchup of these two teams, it's a different outcome. It truly is. And overall, I mean, you lost by five to them at home just a couple weeks ago, but if they can respond in the right way, flip the momentum, I don't, I don't think anybody on this team or this coaching staff wants to lose three games in a row in the final two weeks of the season, especially versus teams you think you're supposed to beat. So I think if they get their heads right and they bounce back, I mean, they did stay in Houston for, they did stay in Texas following the TCU game. So they have some time to really uh, regroup, kind of get, things back under their belt. So I don't think this is one where it will put them in the dumps. I think this could be an opportunity where it could change the whole season. Well, we will find out when the Bearcats take on Houston on Tuesday at 7 p.m. at Houston. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Let's jump into the Big O segment sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. Now, in this segment, we cover players to watch in key matchups. JT, it's on you. Who should we look out for from the Bearcats? Man, this is going to be so. Honestly, I'm going with Jizzle James mm. on okay. this one. And the reason why is the first time they played, even though Houston's a physical team, and Jizzle doesn't start. So, but still, I feel like Houston really couldn't guard him. And now they have, you know, physical tape and, you know, physical memory. So that could change a little bit. But I feel like he kind of did what he wanted out there against, you know, one of the physical, the most physical team in the NCAA between them and, you know, Iowa State. You know, that's a coin flip. Who you think is more physical. Um, but he did what he wanted out there. So I think, you know, with that data for him, I think that confidence, he's always, always a, already a confident player. I think he's a guy that Bearcats can try to lean on a little bit um, to get to the to the rack and create for himself and others. So, you know, um, I think, you know, the way he played against, you know, Houston the first time, I think that he has a lot of um, a lot of uh, confidence and uh, data that he can do it against, you know, the number one team in the nation. You know, they were number five when he came in, you know, the fifth third. But I mean, Jizzle. I think Jizzle can um, be effective and, and um, give the Bearcats a shot. JT, a lot of Bearcat fans are screaming for more time for Jizzle James. Some are screaming for Jizzle James to be a starter. Where do you sit with that? Honestly, after the last couple of losses, um, I wouldn't be opposed to him starting. Um, he definitely should get more time. I do like that he's playing him in day-day together a little bit more. I think that's a wise thing. Um, but I think I'm more on the, I think you should get Jizzle as many minutes as possible. Um, I know like at first it was more so the defensive side, but he's picked it up. He's not been as bad as he was at the beginning of the season. Um, but as a whole, you know, I feel like 
his offense, man, I think he's one of the more consistent guys on the team, you know, he's a freshman. And I think he, you know, he deserves to have those growing, growing pains and um, be able to work through it. I agree. Now, Neil, I know we've covered Houston before earlier in the season, but for this game, who do we need to watch out for from Houston? Yeah, and I think we're going to go with the same two guys that we did the first time around. I mean, Jamal Shedd has proven to be arguably one of the top point guards in all of college basketball. I mean, I don't think that's even debatable at this point. Uh, what he's been able to do for Houston this past season or throughout this season has been incredible. I mean, you look what he did versus Baylor over the weekend. It's a prime example of that. I mean, he, Baylor did a great job taking him away in the second half. He went one of ten from the field and then, Wills him to an overtime victory versus a top 10 team in the country. I mean, he's been over the last week, Houston has taken down two top 10 teams in college basketball, and he has been averaging 19 points and eight assists along the way per game in those two games. That's you're looking down at a point guard. I don't think there's any other guard in college basketball putting up nearly 19 points and eight assists in any kind of time span right now. I, I truly don't. And that's what makes Jamal shed really good I mean he's a great defender I thought the Bearcats had had him flustered the first matchup I mean let's be honest I don't think we see him shoot six for 25 from the field here tomorrow night versus Houston but it's something where if the Bearcats can get in his head and get him off balance I mean heck it he had 16 points in the first matchup but shot six for 25 but I definitely wouldn't say let's let him shoot 25 times because if he does that, there's a good chance he might might shoot 40% from the field with how talented he is. But overall, I mean, Jamal Shedd is the guy that makes that Houston team go. I mean, he's starting to get praise all across the country. He's up for the Naismith Player of the Year. But the, And then you look alongside, I mean, in Houston's front court, Jawan Roberts just absolutely continues to be the big factor inside the paint. I mean, you saw what he did last time these two teams matched up. 20 points, 8 rebounds on 11 of, four, or 11 of 15 shooting, if I remember right. I thought he gave the Bearcats fits on the paint or in the paint. And that's something that they're going to have to find a way to really step out. I think this is going to be – it's it's got to be a physical a physical game from Aziz Bandego, Jamil Reynolds. I know the Jawan Roberts kind of got his way with the matchup with Victor Locken in the first – first contest I would not be surprised to see this be a game where Jamil Reynolds gets a little bit more look and a little bit more minutes just due to the matchup situation due to the physicality and stuff in the paint but Juwan Roberts if you can find a way to keep him off the boards that'd be nice I know last time Houston out rebounded UC 41 to 34 and I mean I think they were I think they had 10 rebounds before the Bearcats had one at one point in the first first matchup if I remember right and that's something that simply cannot happen cannot happen at the Fertitta Center on Tuesday night. But Houston is 15-0 at home, but their bench got shorter because it's also now known that a key player off the bench, Ramon Walker, tore his lateral meniscus last week and is done for the season. So it's kind of relying on guys like Damian Dunn to come off the bench, Jamal Shedd to take on a bigger responsibility. The backcourt got a little slimmer, but they still have a very talented roster, and it's headlined by Jamal Shedd and Jawan Roberts. Good stuff, Neil. But you know what time it is, baby. Name game. All right, Neil. Most people's favorite part of the podcast, the name game, where Neil Meyer 
has to pronounce the names of usually the opposing team for the Bearcats that they're playing's roster. But since we're kind of cycling through the second time of seeing these teams, I like to mix it up a little bit. So I'm throwing out different rosters from teams just randomly just to kind of throw Neil off. He can't prepare for this. You ready, Neil? Yes, sir. All right, Neil, I need you to go online. All right. Yes, you sir. Ready? North Florida. JT, I think we got some good ones on this one. I'm about to check it out. I think I think we got some got some good good ones. We'll we'll, we'll see how Neil does here. <clears throat> all right. Let me know when all you're right. ready, Neil. I'm all ready. We're set. Okay, let's start with number one. Johnny's. <laughs> number of <laughs> I love when JT just <laughs> number... <laughs> <laughs> we can give a let's give a pronunciation on that or a spelling on that first one at least it is j a h last name n z e sounds like johnny's <laughs> sound like an r&b female yeah, singer our female yeah definitely johnny's oh boy oh, bro, i remember a female named john johnny's that's crazy no <laughs> <laughs> Number 11. Number 11 is Nate Litteris. Litteris. Littering. Mm. Number 13. Number 13 is... <laughs> <laughs> Nate Litteris. Nate We haven't even said it yet. Number, number, number 11 is Max Hardlicka. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shoot, that's wild. Hard liquor. Hard nah, liquor. Paul, you gotta pause that every time. <laughs> His name is crazy. That hard liquor. Hard liquor. And he's that's from he's from Georgia. Oh, come on, cuz. That's crazy. <laughs> that is wild. That is <laughs> I wish the fans could see, because you know they we, we can see each other. Well, most of us can see each other during this. Yeah, I wish they could see you, JT, just your your reactions to these days. We need to add these to the JT meme collection. Oh, for sure. That's wild. For sure. Okay, that was well, even over. Was that number thirteen? Number yeah, 13. thirteen. Okay, number twenty-one. Brandon Rasmussen. Ooh, <laughs> Rasmussen. Isn't that like an old like? It was an old player with that name, or close to it, wasn't it? In the league? Like that sounds familiar. Definitely. Yeah. Like it was a dude in the league with that name, or close to it. You have to look that one up. All right. Last but not least, number 32. Jake Vanderhegen. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Spell, that. Spell the last name. D A N space D E R space H E I. J D E N. <laughs> the hell of a name. Man. I tell From you. German what, last name. I'll tell you what, Neil. You've done it again. But I <laughs> you know what? I, I'm I'm saving some of the best for last. So when we get towards the end of the season, I know we're we're there almost, but uh, I've got some I got some rosters for you coming, okay? <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> so, J- JT, real quick, what's your favorite one so far? 
man, I have to do my research. My man. I think you like hard liquor a little bit. <laughs> yeah, hard liquor was funny. Speaking of hard liquor, what's in the cup tonight? Uh, just a little makers, man. Makers. This, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> JT hard liquor. Yeah. That, that name's crazy. I can't even yeah. say that anymore. I'm yeah, done. yeah, I call that out, man. <laughs> <laughs> the Big O segment is sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. All right. Um, so my player to watch. So listen, I was completely wrong last episode because I picked CJ Frederick and he doesn't play. <laughs> He's hurt. I'm like, man, what kind of luck do I have here with these? So, That's how I was with who was that time? Who did I pick and they didn't play? It wasn't I mean, CJ. Didn't you pick Vic it, one time? Yeah, I picked Vic and he didn't play. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I, I hate to I feel like we jinx these guys sometimes. So yeah. So I'm going with uh and, and, and actually Neil kind of stole my thunder a little bit, said earlier. I'm going with Millie. I'm going with Jamil. And I tell you, there were some things I loved this past game. I I know we lost against TCU. It's a tough loss, but I tell you what, there were times when the Bearcats purposely looked and threw it to the post to Jamil, and Jamil went to work. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. More and, and and that was one of my keys, you know. Last time was points in the paint, right? I kept emphasizing, yeah. you know, get it, get it to the, you know, get it to the paint and throw it to Jamil, you know, let him work. And I'm on record. I'm gonna say this over and over. I think Jamil next year, once he gets in that weight room with Mike and goes through the whole off season, is gonna be an absolute beast. But I think we see glimpses of what Millie is capable of. So I would love to see the Bearcats throw it into Millie. And just kind of let him work a little bit, maybe get Houston into foul trouble. Um, you know, and 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 I think you guys tell me if you agree with this, but I think Millie is the type of guy, if you throw it to him in the post, he's a capable passer out of the post, and he's a willing passer out of the post. You know, sometimes you throw it to big guys down low and they're just putting their head down. That bad boy's going up no matter yeah. what. I don't think Millie's like that, JT. Nah, for sure. Nah, he, he's his passing skills are a lot better than I thought. Um, even watching him at Temple, um, I'm impressed. But yeah, he he'll get he'll get a, he'll give it up. He'll give a good pass. It's like like he'll do the skip pass and everything. So yeah. I, you're right against Houston. I thought he did. He came in. I think they got stable at you know at fifth third. So hopefully, you know he plays and he's able to do his thing again um, and even at a better clip. You know so. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out, hopefully. Definitely. Yeah, that's a great thing you mentioned it, too, because Wes Miller even talked about it at one point throughout the season uh, as they were trying to get him eligible, and then they finally got him eligible. I think it was right after his first or second game uh, after being cleared by the NCAA that they didn't realize how good of a passer he actually was. And then they get him back into action, and that was something Wes Miller even said that stood out to him was Jamil's ability to pass the ball and find the open shooter. He's, I think he even called him, if I remember right, he called him one of the best passing bigs that he has ever seen or coached. So that's a pretty pretty high compl- uh, compliment right there. Definitely high praise. So I, I would love to see a happy diet of getting the ball down to Millie, letting him cook if it's single coverage. If that double down comes, kick it back out, skip pass, and, and work from there. I, I, think, um, I think we could have some success if that happens. The Big O segment is sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. 
Do you have a business that needs better inventory control, production management, or improved accounting control? Outgrown QuickBooks or can't afford NetSuite? Give loyal Bearcat grads Doug and Kathy Jacobs at Smart Dog Solutions a call. They've been in your position and would love to help you solve your problems. You can contact them at 513-739-9473 or online smartdog-solutions.com. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. This is where we cover the keys to the games. JT, what do the Bearcats need to do to win? Man, so the, the main thing is rebound. They have to rebound like, like their life depends on it. They cannot – if they lose the rebound in battle, it can be about more than three rebounds. And they have to cut down those offensive rebounds that Houston got the first time. Do they have 17, 18 offensive rebounds in the first game? I don't remember. Something crazy. It was it was crazy. I don't yeah, even they had seventeen anything. the first game. It was, cra- it was crazy. So they can't come out and let them, you know, beat them eleven to zip on the boards from the jump. That cannot happen because they're going to be at home. So you're not going to have that crowd to to get get you going. So that has to happen. Um, don't think they turned the ball over a crazy hey, amount. JT, real quick, um, but back to your rebounding point. So when you when you say that. Um, in, in your opinion, so different teams look at rebounding differently. Some people send four guys in to rebound, keep one guy out. Um, yeah. You know, defend. how do you think the Bearcats should approach that, the, the rebounding on that? You got it. Everybody got it. All hands on deck. Okay. All hands on deck until, unless a big kind of like, you know, like Jamil just kind of comes in there, or Aziz, he's like just snagging everything where you kind of feel comfortable. Yep. But the way that Houston attacks the glass, you probably need – I will go all hands on deck unless it's like, uh, uh, nah, I, I, until, until the game's over, we got we to gotta figure it out. Because the way they rebound, man, it, it kills you. Like You take away a lot of those rebounds, offensive rebounds, it helps you, you know, you, you possibly win that game. You know, you don't come out that flat. You don't allow them to establish dominance. And I think that's the key thing. You're not going to be at home. So I think that um, shooting, you got to make some threes. I don't know if CJ Frederick plays, but another key is getting good shots because Houston's super physical. And if you're shooting out of rhythm shots, that's exactly what they want. And they're going to beat you up. So you got to get shots you, you can make, take and make. And hopefully if the refs are calling a little tighter, Hopefully you get them in foul trouble because they're not deep in, in the post. You only have two, really two bigs they like to use. So I, I think, you know, getting to the paint is is paramount for this team um, to have some success to pull off the upset. Uh, you made some great points. I'm going to touch upon some of those things you said a little yeah. bit later. Uh, Neil, normally I ask you what the Bearcats need to do to win big. I don't expect us to come in and win big. Let's just get your thoughts on what the Bearcats need to do to win. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is is what we have been talking about, the rebounding effort. I think you cannot let Houston get 17 offensive rebounds. You just simply can't. And you got to get a rebound early before they get 10. You can't have them go on out-rebound you 10 nothing like they did in the first matchup. If you can really eliminate their ability to rebound the basketball, 
I think if you win the battle of glass, I think it puts yourself in better positions, but you got to keep the offensive rebound number under eight, under eight. You cannot let them get 17 offensive rebounds. That, that number right there is the biggest thing that sticks out from the first matchup. But another thing, Houston only turned the ball over five times in the first matchup. Cincinnati, on the other hand, only turned it over eight. So it's not like there was many turnovers in the first matchup. But this this time, the Bearcats are going to need to force at least 10 turnovers. They have to find a way to get them uncomfortable and turn the ball over. And it probably won't be from Jamal Shedd, but if you can get LJ Cryer to force some turnovers, I think it would be a great, a great opportunity there. But looking down at it, Houston had 40 points in the paint in the first matchup, and that simply can't happen this time around. So for them to win... They got to have a big, strong day from Aziz Bandego, Victor Lockin, Jamil Reynolds, Odio Guama, whoever it might be in the front court. You just can't simply can't allow Houston to put up that kind of number in the paint. And then you're looking down at it, points off turnovers. You got to find a way to capitalize off that turnover. I mean, that was something they did well in the first game. I mean, only Houston only had five turnovers, but you had nine points off those turnovers. So they scored basically every possession roughly on average, that they had a turnover off of. So if you can find a way to get some turnovers, get some buckets there. But the biggest thing is, for this one, you got to win the battle of the glass. You know Houston's going to be physical. Uh, everyone kind of knows that coming, especially how they play their zone there in the front court. Uh, but you just got to find a way to, to win the battle of the glass. I mean, they got out-rebounded 41 to 34 in the first matchup. In my opinion, in order to win, they got to have those numbers flipped and keep it going 41 to maybe under 30 rebounds, potentially. If you can do that, I think they would be in hands. But it really starts with winning the battle of glass. And if you can get to the foul line at least 15 times, I think that will also be a factor in this game, leading the Bearcats' way. Hey, Neil, any update on C.J. Frederick? Yeah, I have not heard any update as of yet. I mean, it was an injury that kept him out of Saturday's contest versus TCU. So it's still worrisome with four games left to go, but overall there is still no update yet on C.J. Frederick. And, fellas, I'm going to throw this out um, to you guys as well. Um, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but thoughts on uh, Vic in the minutes that Vic received. JT? Oh, no, man. Um, I was happy to see him out there. He didn't do much um i don't know man so i don't know if, i still don't know if his confidence is back he didn't look as assertive to me um i know early he had the one assist but he kind of bobbled it you know when he was making his move he had a smaller guy on him i don't know man um i'm happy you see him out there but i just don't know if he's as assertive as he was you know before he got sick so that's kind of one of those things where We'll see, you know, against Houston if he's going to get some more time. I think he will, though. I thought he played – had some positive moments, but I still just don't see the same bounce in Vic. Yeah, so the one time I think he traveled, he had yeah. – and, you know, it was just – it looked, it looked kind of awkward. And then there was a moment when – I can't remember who dropped him off a dime, and he finished. He kind of did a little floater in the lane. Yeah. That looked like the old Vic. So there were, there were moments of – not looking confident in yeah. moments of old Vic. Yeah. That we can see that consistency. And listen, I don't think there's anything wrong with Wes Miller Miller challenging, you know, one of your better players. You know, I think he's challenged Vic. You know, get out of this, 
you know, get out of this rut, get out of this hole you're in, and you got to fight your way out. <clears throat> so we will see. We will see what happens, uh, you know, with them moving forward. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. So, um, listen, I, I had this game marked down, fellas, as, you know, a loss. Um, and, you know, figuring we could beat TCU, Oklahoma State, and afford to lose the Houston. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm, you know, kind of, kind of, you know, looking and strategizing that. But, you know, backs against the wall. And <laughs> this is going to be tough. And I, I, I hate to say this, but I think our best chance of winning is to get Houston in foul trouble and neutralize their better player, like get them in foul trouble. Uh, how you do that, um, I, I think a couple ways, get that ball to Millie in the post, um, yep. let them operate, you know. And then I think back to what JT said earlier and in, in, in Jizzle James, he's a physical guy. He likes to get to the basket. He likes contact. So so maybe he's able to create that contact and get these other guys into foul trouble. Um, on, on the flip side, I agree with you, JT. You go at Houston, you're not going to get any calls. They're going to be physical as shit. And yeah. it's it's almost like, uh, you know, they, they call it in our area, GCL basketball, to where, you know, you, you, you go play at LaSalle. And I experienced this, you know, back in high school. You go play at LaSalle. They, they foul when you get off the bus. So they foul. <laughs> Right. They're so physical and they foul so yeah. much. Referees like we can't call every foul. So it turns into a super physical game. Yeah. Um, so you know, JT, I I I think you're kind of spot on with with Jizzle. I think he's gonna be an important factor. Yeah, for sure. Like he has to play very very well if the Bearcats are gonna pull off the upset. I just feel like his game is tailored for it. He finishes well, he's a tough shot maker, great space. So Think he's key. I mean, other people are gonna have to, you know, definitely join join the party for sure. But I think he's one of those guys that he doesn't really the positive about Jizzle, he's a freshman, but he doesn't care. He cares, but he doesn't care if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because he doesn't if you line up against him, you're you're an enemy, and he's gonna play that as such. And that and that's you could just tell how he plays. So hopefully that works out, you know, to the benefit of the Bearcats. But you know, this is gonna be a hell of a game, super tough game. But if it's going, if Bearcats are going to even, you know, keep it close on the road, I think Jizzle is going to be a, a key, key component to that. And I, I want to say something kind of um, aside from everything. I'll use uh, the stuff you just said about Jizzle and also throw Dan Skillings in there for this comment. And that is, you know, I know, I know some of the Bearcat fans are kind of down on the team right now mm -hmm. in regards to where they are, whereas mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm still thinking about the process, right, mm -hmm. in, in the long term. And I, I still think we're we're headed in a great direction. And if you think about – I mean, Dan Skillings is our best player. I'm sorry. Like, he has the most potential. Yeah. And I'm sitting there watching him the other night, and I'm like, imagine this dude if he's, you know, here's junior year or if he stays junior uh, senior year, you know, how, how fucking good he's going to be. You yep. think about Jizzle James, like I watch him and I'm like, he took a shot versus TCU the other night. He he had the ball. I think the shot clock was running down and he took like a step back three in the and like he could have it was on the baseline. He could have attacked the basket, went and finished. And they're just like small nuanced things that he just doesn't know yet. And when he gets those, 
man, he is going to be, he's got, his dad obviously has had a huge impact on his mentality. Yeah. Huge, right, JT? Like, 100%. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then you look at these recruits coming in. I'm sorry, like, I get disappointed. I was really disappointed at TCU game. But at the same time, I'm excited just about the future and some of the guys that we have part of this, man. I, I, you know what I mean? I I know it sounds odd. Like, I know fans want us to win right now. But but, but I'm going to let you talk, JT, but let me say this one last thing. Like, there's something about learning how to win in the Big 12 and learning how to, you know, Wes and the staff are learning how to coach in the Big 12. And that's not Scott on Wes, but you got to learn some of the nuances of, of, of coaching in a, in a different league. Right. hundred percent, hundred percent. Cause like the thing with I, like, I'm, I don't know if I'm gonna get long winded on this, but reason why like people are probably so mad is because the Bearcats show so much promise and they kind of let some games that they could have been, they could have won that they didn't finish, you know, earlier in the season, especially in the big 12. And that's kind of where, you're going to have those games like TCU in this conference is because it's a, every game's a fist fight is a, you know, it's a 12 round championship fight. And sometimes you're just not going to have, you're not going to be the best man sometimes. And um, not to make any excuses, you can say, all right, maybe your rotation is bad or whatever, who knows, Uh, whatever complaints you got, you could be right. Um, Not, not sugarcoating that. But that's why everybody was mad, you know, about certain games where they had a chance to win or they were up and they, they blew it or lost, you know. So that's kind of, I think, where everybody's more so. I don't know why people are just like super out because um, for them to compete in the Big 12 first year to me, I think that's impressive. I mean, because the big AAC and the Big 12 is no comparison, no disrespect to the AAC. But I mean, he has, I mean, just think about Ray Von Griffin is, is, Griffith is red shirting. You know, you got the two ballers coming in next year. You got, I think Dan Skillings is taking a big jump. Has he done stuff that makes you scratch your head? Yes, but he's done a lot of stuff that you like, damn, this kid is really, really good. He yep. stays. I mean, I think the sky's the limit where I think next year, I think next year he takes a super jump. I agree. Um, Jizzle, I think, I think takes a super jump, you know, uh, um, to next year. And I think, you know, the big guys, you know, they, I think they'll take big jumps just because they'll be in the system. No, nothing hanging over their head, um, so to speak. And they'll be able just to grind and get to it. So it's the team is in a good place. I can understand. I understand like people being down on this season because of how the games they let slip. And then now, you know, the, the games they, lo- they just lost a few and they, they let a few slip. They let about four slip that could you know, have them already at 20 wins, honestly, um, not even um, – and I might be shorting them a couple games. So, you know, if you win those games, people are looking at this team way differently, and that's kind of why people are a little bit, you know, a little ticked off, which is, is understandable, but that's what makes the, the – you know, makes people, you know, re- be able to recruit because they know it's a big-time school. It helps with everything, you know, with merchandise. It helps with all that. So – yep. It's kind of like you got to look at it, you know, with the like people saying they want to fire him and stuff like that. Nah, we ain't, I ain't with that. Um, I understand where you might can question X, Y, and Z. I mean, nobody's above being questioned. But at the same time, the groundwork they're laying, I think they're putting them in the right, they're moving in the right direction. I just yep. hope they can finish this season out strong um, and see what happens. Because you're in the Big 12, if you get hot at the right time, 
stuff can change in an instance. It's just that they they got now they got to win some games. People don't expect them to win. And you, you know the other thing too, JT is I was thinking about this as you were talking. You know, as a fan base, you got to think. I don't know how many years ago there was no thoughts about the big. Well, I shouldn't say the Big Twelve wasn't really realistic. Okay. Um, you know, there was we're in an Under Armour deal, and now <laughs> you right, and now you look at it, you want to be in a big conference. Well, we got the Big Twelve. Check. Let's be happy about that. Yeah. You wanted to be competitive first year in the Big Twelve. We're competitive in the Big Twelve, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, got the Jordan brand and Nike back. Check. Double check. Double <laughs> double check. <laughs> check silver stripes. <laughs> and, and then you've got recruiting, basketball specifically. Re- recruit. I mean, you got four star guys. We were in the hunt for five-star Isaiah Collier. Yeah. I mean, it was between us and USC. I mean, I mean, there's so many things you have to go back and think about. When we were in the AAC last year, you know, and it was just like, get us out of here. Just think yeah. of the Bearcats when the AAC this year, the way they're playing now. I mean, they yeah. were smoking teams. Oh, yeah. Everybody. Everybody be getting 15-plus. Yep. Uh, Neil, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I know I rambled a little bit. Any, any thoughts that you have, Neil? Yeah, overall, I mean, right now, as JT mentioned, I think people just got to give props. I mean, they're competing in the Big 12. They are just, I think there was what, total four games that ended in under 10 points difference. I mean, I understand people are frustrated and they wanted this to be the year that the NCAA tournament drought gets broken. And there's still a chance that it might be this year. But a lot of things have to go in their favor. But overall, I mean, fans just got to be patient, in my opinion. Like, they're competing in the best conference in America in year one. Yes, their record might say, oh, it's 5-9 and nine right now in conference play. But you look down, I mean, you're a five-point loss at Kansas. You're a three-point loss at Baylor. Those two right then alone are top ten teams. You have a five-point loss to Houston, who's the number one team in the country. These games have been all decided by just a very few slew of points. I mean... West Virginia, four points. There's a lot of games there that were winnable or could have swung the other way if one little thing goes right. So overall, I think fans just really got to stay patient because as JT mentioned, Aziz Bandego, Jamil Reynolds now have a full offseason with Coach Rayfeld and the staff to really not have to worry about, hey, am I going to be eligible this year because of my transfer waiver? They now have a clear head heading into their uh, last season. They can really just focus on being on the basketball court. They don't have to focus on all the legal processes going around it. Rayvon Griffith redshirted. You bring in Tyler Betsy and Tyler McKinley, who are two top 100 prospects who both can do so much and provide so much for this team. It could be impact players come right away. Overall, I mean, the future, the future is bright. And we've talked about it. A lot of people wanted it to be this year, but all hope isn't given on this team for this season. I mean, heck, you never know. They could, they haven't won conference games back to back consecutively yet this season. But you never know what could happen. They say they go into Houston and get a win at Houston. Then you flip your whole momentum. You can go in. You can end the season 4-0. You never know. You end the season 4-0. You build some momentum going into conference tournament in two weeks. You go in there. You steal one or two games. And, I mean, just like that, your whole season's flipped around again in a positive way. So there's a lot of positives to take away from their first season in the Big 12, and that's for sure. No doubt. 
The Kenyon segment keys of the game was sponsored by Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota. Come see fellow Bearcat Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota for all your Toyota needs, cars, trucks, and SUVs. Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota is ready to help you get into your new Toyota. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. The Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. This is where we cover hot topics. All right, fellas, I've not prepped you on what our hot topic is today, so we got to be off the hook. All right, you guys ready? Yes, sir. Okay. You got to really go. you gotta think deeply. Now, I know... Usually I start with you, JT, and you 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 got these deep thoughts, okay? All right. All right, JT, you are all of us, not <laughs> together, but independently. You're stuck on an island all by yourself. No one's around, and you ain't getting off this island. You can only have three albums with you, three musical albums with you. What three albums? Do you take or do you have on that island? Three albums. All right. First, Reasonable Doubt. Ooh, Jay-Z, baby. I love it. All right. I got to have different genres, though. I'm not going to go all. Let's see. What is a fire? That's a good question. Hmm. Off the wall, Michael Jackson. Ooh, okay. Not thriller, huh? Not thriller. Off the wall is thriller is the, it's the shit though. Don't get me wrong, but off the wall is there, there are is, a lot of people that think off the wall is the, is the better album. It is. There are a lot of people that that argue that. It is. I I, I stand on that hill. I stand yeah. on that hill, but I respect the thriller because thriller was so so much, and it was just like such a big phenomenon. I can understand where people came from, but I think like. The Morrison back to the old Michael Jackson stuff, like off the wall, like sold me. Like I go back to that one, like no matter what. Like even the kids love off the. I mean Michael Jackson in general, but um, off the wall they don't tell me to skip it. And um, let me see, what's the third one? How do we go? How do we go? Third album. Hmm. Let's see. I like how you mixed up the genre so far. In terms yeah, I mixed it up. I couldn't go all one, but I don't know if I'm going to go back or just mix it in the middle. Hmm. Let me see. Let me see. Hmm. All right. Maybe I'll go. Dang. Hold on. Let me see. <laughs> I got you stumped, JT. Man, the third one, three is crazy. But um, <laughs> <laughs> we've been stuck on that island a long time, bro. Man, I'll be stuck. Um, <laughs> Gilligan's Island. New dog, doggy style. <laughs> <laughs> you, hey, you, you for real? You just like, man? Let me just say it. Let me just say something. Nah, for real. That, that album was. That it just got some comic relief now. But it's 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 funny. It's a funny album. He be rapping his ass off on that album. I agree with that. I agree with that. Young Snoop was a monster, man. Monster, man. Monster. Right. Came, yeah, when he what was it? What was it? G Thang was the no one eight seven was the first song he was on. Yeah, right? yeah, one eight seven. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, deep cover soundtrack. That was, yeah. boy, that was some serious stuff. 
Yeah, he was rapping. He was rapping. I go, I'm gonna go with those three. That's tough though. Like the other one could be, it could be a lot I could mix in there too. That's the sad thing. You might ask me this tomorrow. I might have a different, different third one. For sure. For sure. And it, 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 tomorrow you'll you'll think and you'll go, oh, I should have said, I should have said. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you on that. Um yeah. Neil, I'm I'm Neil, I'm actually really interested to hear yours because of the generation you are. And like, I don't know if you're really hip to the old school music or if that's even in the in the mix. So, Neil, let's hear it. Yeah, so I'm not really hip to the older generation music. So mine, mine's definitely more this generation, obviously. But I'm a big Juice World fan, so I have to go Death Race for love for Juice World. Rest in peace. Uh, I just have to Juice World. I thought was doing fantastic things in the music industry before his passing and i mean growing up in high school i mean that was one of my first concerts i went to was actually juice world out at riverbend so there's just that personal connection there he's a hey, he got he got shot in the car right no no, no no that was Pop he, OD'd. Huh? he od'd on the plane oh he od'd on the plane oh you know what yeah. the guy that got shot was xxx yeah, yeah xxx got shot and so did pop yeah. spoke who pop smoke oh yeah 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 he got shot in this house in front of his house right a robbery um, yeah xxx got shot leaving the car dealership yes yes okay so juice world od'd on the plane right yeah yeah that man that's just sad we just said those three things like that that's that's terrible yeah that they had to pass away like that but okay i'm sorry juice world i got juice world would be one I'm also, my music genre varies on a daily, so it can go from, like, rap to, like, country. I think Luke Combs is a must. I'm a big Luke uh, Luke Combs fan. So his second album, What You See Ain't Always What You Get, the deluxe version of his first album is fantastic. Every song on there is a banger. And I'm a big Luke Combs fan because of what he does personally. I don't know if you guys really listen to country, but Luke Combs doesn't skyrocket his concert prices because he wants people there. So he just came out in like recent interviews, like, yeah, I don't care if my tickets are 30 bucks. I just want to perform. So I uh, thought that was really cool. Um, let me ask you a quick couple things on Luke Combs. I, I'm not so prior to, I don't know, several months ago, I, I really wasn't familiar with his music. He he redid Fast Car, correct? Yep. And that that's that is a timeless, timeless song. And when I heard him perform it with uh God, what was Tracy, it? Was Tracy it? Chapman? No, no, yeah, well, it was Tracy Chapman, but it was the uh, Grammys, right? Yeah, where he performed it with Tracy Chapman. Yeah, at the Grammys. Yeah, that was that was good. That was really, really well done. I, I like I like the fact that he's got such a big stage. The Grammys are a big stage, and Tracy Chapman. That song's got to be thirty years old for her to hit that stage and people kind of discover her music again. Man, what a, what an artist! um she is first of all so uh prop props to him oh by the way what do you guys think about beyonce's country song well, she's got two of them out now i haven't seen them or listened to them i heard them i heard one i ain't know she had two it was decent she's got two i, th I thought yeah. i was like Man, funny. good I, no, I, right. I liked them i liked them okay now i need you to listen to those and give me your thoughts I will do. But then my last album is I'm also a big Little Baby fan. So I have to go with my turn from Little Baby. The album that came out in COVID with Emotionally Scarred on it was a good song that 
really was good to get through COVID with. It was a good album. It was on repeat. Every song was a banger. So my turn by Little Baby is definitely going to be my third one. Okay. All mm-hmm. right. It's a mix. I told you it's a different it's a different vi- kind of vibe every day. You never know. JT, is that what you was that kind of what you thought Neil would would drop? I thought I thought he had a little baby on there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Neil's a little baby guy. Yeah, that's his guy. Yeah. Yep. You know, I got I got a funny little baby story. So <laughs> um, baby story. I got this sounds really weird. Pause. Pause. <laughs> I so I'm trying to think how to re-say that. Um, so I had an intern uh, from St. X uh, named Josh. And Josh always brought up these like new rappers to me. Like when we would have our intern meeting and he's like, hey, hey, Meech, you got to listen to this guy, that guy. And I'm like, man, I've never heard of some of these people, right? I, I like listen to a lot of new and upcoming rappers and artists and all that, but he was naming people. I was like, I don't know who you're talking about. He's like, dude, he's like, you got to check out this guy named Little Baby. I'm like, wait a minute, his name is Little Baby? <laughs> and um, he's like, yeah. And he played it for me, and I was like, hey, you got to turn that off, man. So the first time I heard Little Baby, I was like, you got you to turn that off. <laughs> and then, so I don't know what it was, a couple years later, uh, Little Baby drops a new album, and my intern texts me, and he's like, he just dropped a new album. I know you're not going to listen to it, but I just wanted to tell you. So I was working out that night, and I always try to listen to something new when I work out. Um, so I put on that new little baby album at, at that time, and I was like, this is actually really good. Like, I actually really liked it. And I'll text him. I said, you will never believe this. And he's like, well, I was like, I liked the little baby. And I think I made his year. Like he was like super happy. So, Neil, I like little baby. I just want to let you know that. And for the Bearcats fans who listen to this pod every day, little baby was our intro music for that last season last year to this that's pod. Right. That's, that's right. right. The music that's true. was little baby. Did that I pick true. that or did you pick that, Neil? You, you picked it. I picked it. Okay. Yep. Sweet. Off that new album. See. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. Moving. On. What's little baby's real name? Like I, I, I just. Let's Google it real quick. I, I'm always fascinated with some of these rappers, like their real names are. <laughs> like you hear them, it's like, what? <laughs> it's Dominique Armani Jones is his full name. Dominique Armani. What was his last Jones, name? That's his, Jones is his last name. Okay. I, I mean, Ar- Armani's a cool name. Like, Dom- it It's Dominique's his first name. Armani's his middle name. I, I got you on that. But I, I mean, I like Armani. That's, that's pretty cool. Okay. The Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. All right. I got my three here. Um, obviously, I got to start off with Hove, Jay-Z, the GOAT. I'm going to go with Blueprint. Okay. That's fair. Yep. Blueprint's my favorite Jay-Z album um, of all time because I'm a huge old soul. Like, I love old soul music. And the, the whole thing theory behind the blueprint that album was soul music um the whole album from beginning to end was just soul music soul samples and i just i I, that's my favorite now when people tell me jay-z's greatest album is reasonable doubt i can't argue that um i just personally i really feel blueprint like i I 
What's your what's your what's your favorite three Jay Z albums? Um, I put Blueprint one. I put Reasonable Doubt two, and believe it or not, um, I I've always kind of bounced back and forth. I love the Black album. Yep, Black album fire. But which one? But I what's got your... American Gangster. I was that's my thing. man. Yes. American Gangster was so tight, man. Why does it not get the respect? I don't know, man. It is so the black album is fire. Don't get me wrong. That is a fire album. But American Gangster, man, is so good, man. It like, did you hear did you ever hear the story on how it was created? Wasn't wasn't it off of the the Frank? Didn't he watch the movie or something or get it early or something like that? It's actually the soundtrack to the entire American Gangster movie. Yeah. With, with Denzel, but the actual music behind it, or the, the, the production, so he was at Puffy's house, Puff Daddy, I know P. Diddy's in a little bit of trouble, I don't, I don't even know if you want to ever want to say you're at P. Diddy's house at this point. Man, but. oh no, dang, Jay-Z got some questions to answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully Beyonce was with him. Yeah. Um, so he was at Diddy's house, and Diddy was playing uh, some, some music, and, and Jay-Z was like, what? what what is this and he was like this is some stuff i had made for biggie that that you know he died so we never used it and jay-z's like i need that so a majority of that album is mm -hmm. all beats that were for biggie that diddy did in his production team i should say way back in the day how about that's that that's crazy now that album was fire all right yes. that's one that album's that, so good man, man. um I got, I got, I got a black album story real quick. So, the black album drops, and I'm like, man, it was so good. And some friends, uh, two of my friends, so it was three of us. We went to this. Uh, there used to be this club downtown called Club Claw. And any old heads listening to this podcast were like, yeah, Club Claw was it. And it was the closest thing we had to like, kind of like a Miami South Beach type of club. And the black album had just dropped. And the guy that was DJing at Club Claw was a big hip hop head. Yeah, I think he liked Jay Z at the time. Um, and so we're in there. So, you know, he's playing whatever, whatever. And then about midnight, he throws on the, the first track to, to the Black album. And we're like, oh, snap. That's cool. And then he played the second song. And he played the third song. They played the whole album in the club. It was, man, I'm telling you, it was the, it was so cool. My, my buddy still, my buddy lives in LA now. And he and I talk about that all the time. Like, remember when they played Jay-Z's whole album nonstop in the That's club? Tight. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was tough, man. So, all right, moving on to number two. Um, my favorite artist of all time. Jay-Z's my favorite rapper, but my favorite artist of all time is Stevie Wonder. Okay. Um, yeah, I think the greatest album ever created is Songs in the Key of Life. Mm. Stevie Wonder song. Um, or Stevie Wonder's album, I'm sorry. Um, it, it's it's like people that are in the music world and business, producers, they will tell you that album is is just insane. Like how Stevie put thing put it together. Like, you know what's crazy about Stevie Wonder? Like, I know people argue whether he's blind or not, but <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you always hear stories like I saw him driving. Um, <laughs> yeah, Shaq, 
Shaq said, uh, Stevie got in the elevator and was like, What's up, Shaq? I'm like, wait a minute, how did you see me? Uh, did you ever hear that story? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so funny. What's up, Shaq? Wait, wait, what? Um, so Stevie would Stevie would literally play every instrument on the album and or every so like he would make a song and he would write it, uh, put together the whole music piece and then he'd have somebody else play the music, but he would he would put the whole from the drums to the <clears throat> uh, obviously the piano, whatever he would. And, and you know, Prince copied that. Mm -hmm. Prince Prince could play every instrument on every song. Obviously, he had a band, but yeah. Um, oh, by the way, um, I didn't know this, but I found this out last year. Dan Horde is a huge Stevie Wonder fan, and he also thinks Songs of the Key of Life is the greatest album of all time. So, mm. shout out the goat Dan Horde. Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, lastly, um, John Mayer. Man, I, I'm a big John Mayer fan. Um, any shoot, I'm trying to think what's the best John Mayer album, but he's got a live, it was live in LA album where he, I know it's kind of cheating a little bit, but he plays like his, his, you know, hits, man, it is so good, man. Mm. That, 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 that dude is John, John Mayer is, is something else, man. He's a super talent. Man. I think he's one of the, one of the greats. So those are my three. I'd be, I'd be happy, man. Just give me a, you know, give me a couple drinks, chill on the island, listen to those three. What you guys think, Neil? You, you, what you think? I, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's good, but it's uh, different from what I would. I don't know most of these guys. Like I know who they are, obviously, but I haven't sat back and really listened to their music, so I don't know. That's a, that's a valid answer. Okay, I got a challenge for you, Neil. Between <laughs> now and the next podcast, I want you to listen to. On JT's side, you're going to listen to Reasonable Doubt by Jay-Z, okay? And on my side, I want you to listen to Stevie Wonder, Songs of the Key of Life. Mm, that's good. Is that fair? Yes, yeah, sir. That's, good, uh, that's a good homework assignment right there. Yeah. Uh, JT, our homework assignment is we need to listen to, uh, let's say, Luke Combs. Yeah, Luke Combs. What's the, what's, the, what's the album we need to listen to? Neil, uh, it's called "What You See Ain't Always What You Get." It's the deluxe album of his first album. Okay, right. that'd be the deluxe, JT. That'd be the deluxe. The deluxe albums are always better than the actual albums. That's true. That's true. That's true. All right, I'm right, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out. You gonna check it out, JT? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it. A, I'm gonna give it. A, give it some quick spin. Give it a quick spin. All right, this was good. I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this uh, hot topic. I appreciate. I appreciate it. The Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. Visionary Cleaners is a locally owned company by former Bearcat student athletes. They specialize in high quality commercial cleaning of businesses, apartment, and pre and post construction cleans. They can be reached at 513-388-7816 or contacted online at visionarycleaners.com. Fellas, this concludes another great podcast. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Donahue Accounting Services, Smart Dog Solutions, Greg Hood and Beachmont Toyota, and Visionary Cleaners. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services, a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. 
Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online donahueaccountingservice.com. We want to thank everybody for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. Go Bearcats. Bearcats.